Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. So, hey everyone, welcome to Clever Girl Finance. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. My incredible guest today is Tara Jones Williamson. She is the founder and CEO of Your Pretty Penny. She's a financial success coach and lifestyle designer. And she is here to share with us her incredible story of how she navigated navigated getting out of $60,000 of debt as a single mother at the time, plus a ton more insight and motivation. And so without further ado, Tara, I'm going to have you introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us who you are and more about what you do. Hi. Hey, Bola. Thank you for having me. It's so great to connect with you again. I'm Tara Jones Williamson. I am a financial success coach and lifestyle designer, and I help women use their income to create the lifestyle they desire. And um, a little bit about me, like you said, I paid off over $60,000 in less than two years as a single mother back in 2012 to 2014. And ever since then, I've been on a quest not only to maintain my financial freedom, but help other women do the same and kind of be the woman that I wish to be, that I wish I had for other women, right? Just like you, like we wish we had some of these financial tips and principles before we kind of started getting out on our own and making some financial decisions that will kind of affect us for years and years to come. And so that's a little bit of what I do over at yourprettypennies.com. That's awesome. And you and I had connected a couple years ago, maybe like three or four years ago over Instagram. And I've been watching your business. You're doing so incredible, um, really amazing things in the space. And your story is one that I think is very inspirational, especially for women who are currently going through what you were facing. So Tara, 10 years ago, you were facing financial struggle, right? It was not fun. It was not exciting. You were a single mother and you had over $60,000 of debt. And so I would love for you to share a bit about the t- that time in your life and the kind of challenges you were facing. Um, what kind of financial struggles did you have on top of that debt? How was that debt weighing you down? Um, you know, if you can just set the stage for us to kind of know where you, you were coming from. Yeah. So thank you so much. And I just wanted to say, yeah, we did connect over three or four years ago on IG and I've been watching you and following you ever since then. And it's just so good to see another brown girl 
excelling and helping other individuals get their finances right because the finances is a, one of the backbone and pillars of our life and our lifestyle. And so if we master this, we kind of alleviate a lot of hardships in other areas of our lives. So that's, that's just been amazing to see you and watch you grow and flourish. And so 10 years ago, I was 21 and I had my now 11 year old. Um, well, she's 10 going on 11 and she so I was in college. I was just um, in my sophomore year, going into my junior year of college, became pregnant. And my child's father was like, you know, hey, I'm still in college. We're both in college. Do not want to be a dad. And I said, okay, I realize I'm going to be raising a child on my own. So for that pregnancy, I ended up working, working full time, actually getting two jobs. At that time, I was living on my own. I had an apartment. I had a car note and then ended up um, needing to get a new car. But I still had the old notes. You know how it is when you're upside down in an auto loan. And so but you need a new car that's more reliable. And so I ended up having an auto loan that I was paying on and then end up getting another car. Terrible financial move. Right. Um, and I had some credit card debt and um, some other like small medical debts that equaled up to $60,000. And when I brought my daughter home the summer before my junior year of college, I had $0 in the bank account because I worked two jobs just to stay afloat and just to, you know, try to make ends meet, try to gather everything she needed, you know, for, for, for me to bring this little baby home. Um, and a little bit about me, I'm the youngest of six. And so I truly felt like a baby myself, right? Mm -hmm. When I was 21, I was not managing money in a way that was conducive to bringing life and raising a family and raising a child. You were so, in college. Yeah, I was in college. I was a baby. I was still getting money from my parents, right? Like I was not ready for what I was entering myself into. However, once I brought my daughter home in that car seat, I remember her being in her crib because she slept all night long. Thank the Lord for <laughs> her sleep schedule. Wow. Because when she came home, she slept through the night. It was a blessing in disguise, right? But I remember her laying in her crib the first night um, that I thrifted. I actually thrifted that crib that she had, but it was in a really good condition. So I got it for like 20 bucks. Thank goodness. Because if you went to bed, bath, and well, bye bye baby, or, you know, uh, the baby stores at that time, cribs were upwards of two or $300. And I could not afford that at that time. I remember like this urge, like this feeling inside of me, like, you know, my parents didn't bring me into this situation. I don't want to do the same for my daughter. Like I want to be different. I want to do different. It was almost like there was just this urge to just be better, do better, learn how to manage money, learn how to get on my own two feet because I do have somebody depending on me. No longer can I act like a baby or act immature. I have to grow up, you know? And so I made the decision to move back in with my parents, uh, with my mother at the time because my parents were divorced by then moved back in with my mother. I worked, I still completed school and went back to school full time, worked part time. And so being able to stay at home with my mother and um, raise my daughter there for a few years allowed me to do so. And while I was there, I created this financial plan and I called it my financial reset. 
So while I was in college working full time, or while I was in college going to school full time and working part time, I was also studying and learning more about finances. I was self-studying personal finance. So I took finance classes outside of my biology degree. I was going to school for actually biology pre-med. I wanted to be a, um, a dermatologist um, at that point. And um, I was studying on the side, learning about finances, reading books, podcasts, and uh, YouTube was not super big at that time. Um, but there was some audio out, blogs were starting to come out, things like that. And so I was gathering information on how to be debt free, how to pay off debt, how to manage money, because that information was never passed down to me at this point. And so I was like creating this financial plan while I was working part time, going to school full time. So when I graduated, I applied for the job of my then dream working um, at as a quality assurance specialist. I knew at that point, by the time I graduated, I didn't really want to go to medical school. I actually wanted to use my biology degree to work in a lab, in a laboratory. And so I was able to do that. I tripled my income, created some side hustles in the meantime, in between time, and I executed that financial plan that I was creating while I was kind of like in the trenches. And mm -hmm. so in those two years, I was able to pay off all of that debt in less than two years using my full-time job and a couple of side hustles while raising my daughter as a single mother. I moved out of my mother's house. I paid off my car. I actually still drive the car that I paid off then, <laughs> and I love it. I'm actually getting the itch to upgrade my car now. Um, and so I have like a sinking fund created for buying a car. I actually don't know which one I want, and we're on lockdown right now, so I'm not in a rush to buy a car. But I'm pretty excited about buying a new car that and getting something different that <laughs> I can drive around the kiddos. <laughs> That's great. And well done on that milestone. Congratulations. And I would love to dig um, deeper into your story. So obviously, like you mentioned, you moved back home with your mom. I'm assuming that was a help when it came to rent and just helping you get yourself on your feet with a new baby. Uh, but I'm assuming that your mom was like, listen, girl, this $60,000 is your problem. Figure it out. So, <laughs> I mean, Yes, exactly. Exactly. She was like, no, nah, I'm not paying that. I'll let you live here because I have the space. But <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so the rent was definitely a big help. But you talked about working, starting side hustles. So if you don't mind sharing, I, you know, just for the folks who are listening to this, who are like, well, I'm a single mom and I'm, I, I can relate. I'm with my parents or I'm trying to figure this out. How does she make this work in just two years? What kind of income were you earning? What kind of job were you doing? And and then what were the side hustles that you started running to help you accelerate your debt payoff? And then as all of this stuff is happening, there's a baby that needs childcare. <laughs> yes. How did you navigate <laughs> that too? Yes. So here's the thing. I was very strategic at this time because even though I am a very ambitious woman, I am a mother by nature. Bola, since I was eight years old, I have been obsessed with kids and babies, which I'm sure is what prompted this financial reset is what I like to call it, because my desire to be a wife and mother stems back since I was since I could remember. Right. And so for me, bringing a child into this world 
it's no, it's no coincidence that that prompted me to get my life together in more areas than just one, but especially my finances. And so when I graduated college, I um, applied at Amway. So Amway Global, which they have like, you know, the, the um, multi-level marketing side, but they also here in Michigan, they are a major manufacturing company for other products like Johnson and Johnson and copper tone hmm. sunscreen and things like that. And so they have a really big laboratory and, um, you know, as a biology student, we had a partnership with the college that I went to. And so I was able to go into that job making 75 a year. And so I had a really nice income while part of that, part of that plan that I created while I was in college working part-time, not making a lot as a single mother, my goal was to graduate college and figure out how I can first of all, get a nine to five or a job, even if it's entry level, that makes a little bit more than most, right? And so my job while I was in college, not making a lot, had a little bit more time on my hands was to research, research, research what I can do to earn a little bit more, you know, during the day when my daughter's at daycare, because I don't have the advantage to, you know, I don't have the advantage of a two parent household for my child and myself. So I kind of have to make more money. And so that's what I did. I researched and said, okay, I'm going to see what I can do to become the best candidate for this position. And I ended up doing that. And then I realized like, okay, 75,000 was a great starting point, was able to move out, was able to, like I said, pay off my auto loan, but it wasn't paying off everything, right? I still needed money. If I still have to pay for childcare, you know, childcare is expensive. We got to pay for food. We got to pay for utilities and rent and life insurance and all these other things, health insurance and everything else that comes with it. So for me, the amount of debt that I wanted to pay off in a short amount of time and the amount of income that I was making on my nine to five, granted, it was a nice amount of money. It just wasn't, an, I didn't have enough disposable income in order to mm -hmm. throw at the debt each month in order to pay it off in a short amount of time. Because at that point, my goal was to pay it off in two years. And I was relentless about that. I was unmovable about that. I did not want all of this debt over my head for a long period of time, I really wanted to just be focused and diligent. That's where my side hustles came in. Okay. And by this time you had moved out of your mom's house, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Because there's someone listening who's saying, yeah, she's making $75,000 a year. It had to have been easy, but, and I bring this up because I always get this as a counter, um, you know, especially when we talk about incomes um, and sometimes um, many people are navigating single motherhood, dealing with raising a child on their own on a smaller income than yours. But what I what I love about your story is that, you know, you took your degree, um, leverage it to get this job that was paying you well, obviously, but then you didn't just stay at your mom's house and say, you know what, I'm just going to try to milk this for as much as it's worth. You moved out, you started taking care of your, your child on your own without involvement from her dad. And, you know, let's not minimize the cost of childcare here. Um, there are many moms who do not go back to work because childcare is two, $3,000 a month. And if we were to take your salary and yep. break it down after taxes um, for one child, we're talking, you probably paid what, 1500 to $2,000 
not to talk about diapers and formula. So I want to set the stage so that when you hear, oh, Tara is making $75,000, you don't just think, yeah, she was rich (laughs) because you had stuff going on as someone who was solely supporting her child with no other factors coming in, in addition to other obligations. Plus, even if you weren't, um, even if you weren't doing any, you didn't have any of the obligations, you didn't just stop there and say, you know what? Hey, I make $75,000. You went on to start side hustles. And I want to hear more about that. And so I love the fact that you didn't just settle for the fact that, you know what? I make 75K. I'm good. You were intent. You were resilient about getting that 60K out of your life. And you were going to leave your daughter, a new baby, to go make money to pay off this debt. So carry on. I'm sorry to have interrupted you. I just wanted to set the okay. stage a little bit. <laughs> Nope, that's fine. And so, yeah, I just have to, like you said, let's just clear, let's just be clear. Just because a person makes 75,000 doesn't mean that they pocket all 75,000 that year, right? So there's obligations and financial obligations. And there was reasons why I moved out when I did. And I can say for anybody who's listening to this, just to kind of say, if I would have done things differently, I probably would have stayed at my mom's house if I had the ability to, but I was on a timeline because at the end of the day, my parents and my mother have their own journey. Like they've raised their children, you know? And so for me, I didn't want to be a burden for longer than I had to, right? And not to say that she didn't enjoy me being there because I know she did. However, there's certain things that she doesn't want to have to deal with, like having a two-year-old waking up in the middle of the night crying or whatever the case is, right? So she doesn't, (laughs) you know, so I wanted to be intentional about not overstaying my welcome, you know, even though that is my mother, like you said, my resilience, my, uh, my goal was to become financially independent, not financially dependent on my mother, right? I appreciated the fact that she allowed me to take, you know, to reset and to get back on my feet, but I didn't want to overstay that welcome. And I knew that it would be a slippery slope if I stayed there. I might've gotten comfortable, like you talked about, Bola, I might've stopped there, but actually moving out and incurring those bills actually kind of put me in a little bit of a crunch time to say, okay, you're still committed to this two-year plan that you created, but yet you have all these expenses now, you have to do something different. You have to do something a little bit more, which is getting into my side hustles. Now, I was very intentional at that time about my side hustles because I realized that I'm a mother first, right? And I was already spending a lot of time outside of the house, you know, during the normal workday while my child went to daycare. I and going to childcare, I did not want to create any side hustles or do anything extra to earn income that kept me further away from my child, right? And so I was very intentional. It's all about kind of thinking about the end goal and reverse engineering it, right? And so I was like, okay, I already have enough time away from her as it is. What can I do? What talents, gifts, and abilities can I do that can help other people that I can create a side hustle, but I can also have my daughter with me? And so my two side hustles, number one, you love that? Yeah, because as a mother, you don't want to just feel like you're dropping your child off at the wayside because although financial freedom is important there's in my opinion there's nothing more important to a mother than quality time with their children right and so you yeah. you got to learn how to balance that especially 
she has a single mother. And so I, my two side hustles was helping other people with creating budgets. So I used to do a budget and analysis um, a session with individuals. Yep. yep. You remember those? Yep. And I used to help individuals and families, especially at my church and in my community. And then the other thing was I got, I really went knee deep into extreme couponing effort at one point. And in my area here in Michigan, nobody really in my, my city, nobody was really into it like that. Like it wasn't a mainstream thing like it is now, like there was no extreme couponing video, like movies and shows or things like that on TV. And so all the women in my community, they were like, what's extreme couponing? And when I was on Facebook or Instagram posting like how much I got, and I used to get paid by the store to get products and things for my household, because at the, at that time, I was just doing it to make sure I didn't have to pay anything extra out of pocket so everything else can go to debt. But it actually turned into a second side hustle when women were asking me, can you create classes? Can you teach me how to coupon? Can you teach me how to go to these stores and basically do this the right way to extreme coupon the right way to where you will get $200 worth of products for free or pennies or only pay tax on it or whatever the case is. And so I will host on the weekends with my daughter in tow with her little book bag with her crayons and her coloring book and her little tablet or my phone or something like that. I was teaching other women how to, you know, do extreme couponing, how to spend less on household goods and food and how to create a monthly budget, how to create a food budget, how to live on less than you make. It just snowballed into financial coaching, basically. And it went from couponing to coaching and how to manage money on a monthly basis and how to budget and things like that. And so I was sending upwards of two grand, three grand, sometimes a month extra on to my debt because I will do these classes every weekend and I will have, I'll charge $20 a person and I will get a room that can have 200 people or 150 people or 75 people. Like it fluctuated and it was just amazing. And then when I filed my taxes at the end of the year, if I got a tax return, which I did back then, all of that money will go towards that debt. And so next thing you know, you are two years in and $60,000 paid off. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, so yeah. you had the full-time job, but your expenses with your childcare and life were eating into that. And you figured out how to help other people based on your experience to generate additional income. And you did it in a way that you could still spend time with your daughter or keep your daughter around you. And that is a challenge for many single mothers, right? When they talk about, oh, you need to get a part-time job to make more money. But it's like, if I have to get this part-time job, I have to pay for more daycare and that's more time away from my child. And is a part-time job, the income from that worth doesn't even cover the daycare costs. And so I love how you got creative with tapping into your experiences to help other people. And the great thing about accomplishing something like this is that while you're making progress, as you're showcasing what you do, um, people want to know how you did it. And that's why I love to see women tooting their own horn. It's not about arrogance. It's not about showing off. It's about sharing with people around you what you're doing, because sometimes there's opportunity there, like with you, right? Hey girl, show me how to coupon. Oh, wow. You've been talking about budgeting and you've paid off 20 grand. Come talk to me, come help us at church. Those are all incredible opportunities. And, you know, for anyone who's listening to this, who's like, I'm trying to figure out this side hustle and 
it's just too much cost when it comes to daycare. I can't leave my kids or in a pandemic. I want to challenge you to dig deep and think about what you've accomplished and what you're doing and who can your experience help? And is there a potential to turn that into an income opportunity? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be about finances, you know, couponing, um, website building, design, consulting. What is it that the skill that you have that you may be taking for granted? Exactly. You may be taking for granted. You have this incredible skill. We all have these skills and maybe it's come up and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. No one's going to pay for that. You don't know. So thank you for sharing that, um, Tara, how you were able to pay that and, you know, just navigating your businesses and your full-time job. And so now that you are, um, you know, you have an 11 year old, almost 11 year old daughter, you recently got married, you have two additional beautiful children. Um, What are you teaching your daughter and your other kids about money and financial wellness? Yeah, so I love that. Like you said, it show I was able to showcase my what I was doing with my own finances and help other women do the same. But ironically, Bola, because I had my daughter in tow, she now is very, she's almost 11 years old and very wise when it comes to finances and when it comes to money, like all my little colloquialisms and like my little sayings and things that I say when I'm coaching or, you know, during that time when I was doing my speaking engagements, which I didn't realize I called them that in my classes, she would pick up on that. (laughs) And so she knows how to budget. She knows how to earn, save, spend, and share with her income, which is one thing that I teach my children. And so I have two girls and a boy now. And one thing that I'm really big on them is one, earning income. Earning income. And then and you income in a way that satisfies them. Like I don't want them growing up thinking that earning money is hard and that you can't get paid to do what you love. Right. Yeah. And so for each of them, you know, I'm like, Hey, what can you do that provides a service for somebody else? For my son, he loves to be outside. So his might be outside helping in the yard from my youngest she loves helping people clean up their homes indoors so i'm like call your grandmothers call your aunts and help them on the weekend obviously we can't do that in a pandemic anymore but beforehand we were doing that they would earn money and then my daughter she makes bracelets she actually has her own business her own you her own bracelet and craft shop at 10 years old right and she's been doing wow. that since she was six she would be outside with her little stand instead of selling lemonade in our neighborhood, she would sell crafts and bracelets to family and friends. She would like put up a sign uh, during rush hour traffic, kind of like to where it was a little bit busier in our neighborhood. And she would sell bracelets and things like that and make upwards of like 100 or $200 a month or sometimes wow. a weekend, which is big for her, right? Yeah, <laughs> at so, 11, I'll take 100 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so every time they make money, I say you have to do three things. You have to save, you have to share, and you have to spend. And I'm really adamant about all three because saving, save for something in the future. You never know what opportunity may arise in the future or something that you need to cover in the future. So save for that. And then spend or share, share something with somebody, whether it's somebody who's less fortunate 
or whether it's at church or tithing, because we truly believe in a law of reciprocity where what comes around goes around or you reap what you sow um, to where biblically it says like if you sow into or give cheerfully, things will come back to you. And so and it's just nice to give when you have and there's other people who don't have as much. It's just amazing to give, whether that's money, whether that's time, whether that's encouragement, whatever else. And then also spend. You should be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor, right? And so I just give them to where they save 10%, they save 20%, spend 10, or share 10%, save 20, share 10, spend 70. Because at this point, they're kids, right? They're going to want yeah. to, if they can't <laughs> be able to spend it, they're not going to want to make more, right? And so as they get older, I will help them adjust those percentages. But I really want them to get into the habit of doing those three things. That is so amazing. And I love that your daughter learned from observation, which is how kids learn. We can talk and talk and talk as much as we want to talk. And that's great. You know, there are some lessons that they will glean, but they learn from observation. I learned so much from watching my mom, right? With her friends, navigating, going to the market with her. I learned from her that way. And I think when we are intentional about teaching our children about money and it becomes inherent to their nature, as they get older, the things that a lot of us struggle with in adulthood are easy for them to navigate because they, they're used to it. They know how to do it. They've been taught this. It's just, okay, I know I have to save. I know I have to budget. This is just what I do. Like I take a shower, like I brush my teeth. It's inherent to their nature. And that's so important. I love what you're teaching your kids. I'm all about teaching my kids about money. <laughs> Even though sometimes I'm like, no, you didn't learn that from me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't teach you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they we have to with- realize that they they learn different money habits, tips and tricks and sometimes myths and everything else from other people other than us. So <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. My daughter's like, you know, we should sell our house for $25 cuz I want to buy that. I'm like, no, you're not going to sell your house for $25 so you can buy a Barbie. Excuse you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I did not teach you that. Some place of- Right, a place to put the Barbie. <laughs> exactly. So they're they're trying to learn the concept of what does what does the amount really mean? A billion and twenty five cents yeah. are basically the same thing to them right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Tara, I would love for you to share any advice you have for women who are listening to this who just need encouragement on their journey. Um, as you know, um, going through a situation it's easy to reflect on it and tell the story. It's easy to reminisce and talk about, yeah, you know, I was doing all these things. We can laugh about it. But when somebody is actually going through the motions of paying off that 60K, of dealing with being a single mother, of working multiple jobs, working side hustles, it's not fun a lot of the time. So just given your experience going through that journey, right, over the last 10 years, I'd love for you to share any advice you have to encourage and motivate someone who's listening to this that's in that space right now. Yes. So there's a few things. Number one, um, realize that this is possible. So as you start to realize how much debt you're in, and your goal is to pay it off in two years, three years, five years. And then you have that little voice inside of you saying, that's not possible, that's too much, you don't make enough. You know, this is, this is useless, just die with your debt. You know, all these different things we hear 
in our mind about why it is not possible to pay off debt for us, right? I want you to go on YouTube or listen to Bola's story. Listen to my story. Find somebody who has a story similar to yours. You might not be a single mother, you might be. It might be $100,000 you're in debt versus 60, or you might be $30,000, or you might be 200,000. Whatever it is, find someone who has a similar debt payoff story as yours and use that as proof that you too can do it. That was my biggest thing. I'm sitting here researching and there's person after person writing books, creating videos, creating blogs and podcasts and audios and things like that, saying what they did to pay off debt. And my thing is, if they can, so can I. And my goal, the whole reason Your Pretty Pennies was founded in 2015, because I paid off that 60K in 2014. In 2015, I just started a blog to share with other women, especially single women and single mothers, that you too do not need a two-income household in this perfect life, in this perfect financial situation in order to pay off student loans, in order to pay off credit card debt, in order to do all these things in your finances that you desire. But I had to make up in my mind that this was possible for me, right? And so don't allow that negative talk, that negative self-talk, those doubts to overcome your debt payoff plan and say that this is not possible. Find some way, some proof that's outside of your mindset saying this is possible. They paid off 200,000. So if my debt is 100,000, they paid off 200,000, I know I can do it, right? The next thing is, Get a financial accountability partner. Again, whether you're married or whether you have a bestie or whether it's a parent, whether it's your child, right? I could have easily made my child my accountability partner and said, hey, Taryn, that's my oldest. Hey, we're, I'm gonna run through my monthly budget with you. And as a mother-daughter duo, we're going to make, we're going to try to pay off this amount a month. I got her involved, right? I did have a financial accountability partner who was an adult, thank goodness, because she kept me sane. But by me including other people and helping me, helping uh, help other people helping me remain motivated and you know, encouraged along the financial payoff process because those two years were were a long time. In the middle of it, it felt like a long time. In the grand scheme of things, like you said, 10 years later, it looks like a short amount of time. It looks like a snippet. It looked like I just had a great time and I just crushed it. But I would be remiss to say if I did not share that it was tough at times. There were financial setbacks. There were times where I had to get my car fixed versus paying off the amount of debt I wanted to pay some months, right? And so you need somebody in your corner that's going to help you and motivate you and encourage you through that debt repayment process and not encourage you, hey, let's go out to eat every day. Hey, let's go shopping. Hey, let's let's go on a vacation when they know you're in the middle of paying off debt right? And so those are the two biggest things that I wanted to share with you is get outside of your head, get outside of yourself, create that debt repayment plan. Know that it's going to take some time. It took you some time to get in debt. It's going to take you a little bit of time to get out of debt. But if other people, thousands of people are paying off debt left and right, you can too. You absolutely can too. Don't count yourself out. I love that advice because, um, 
There are many excuses that many people make as to why they cannot pay off debt. I cannot relate to Tara's story. I can't relate to Bola's story. They had this, they didn't have that, this, that. And I always tell people when I'm countered with that is that you don't have to relate to me, but I guarantee you that there's somebody else's story that's similar to yours that you can relate to. And so don't use what I have or don't have as excuse to why you think you cannot do this because there's somebody else, right? Than me. And that's yeah, why yeah. I love to feature women like you on the podcast to just show just different varieties of different backgrounds um, of women who are earning all kinds of incomes from low income to super high incomes, um, super low incomes to no incomes that are that have found ways because of their desire, because of their intent to want to change the trajectory of their life, starting with their finances. And um, even me starting my business, right? I found women like me, like you, who were doing what I was what I was doing as a way to inspire me and motivate me. I actively went out seeking peers of people who were doing what I wanted to do, who were in the process, who had already done it as a way to stay inspired, as a way to learn lessons, as a way to glean. And you don't need somebody to open up their bank account and say, oh, you know what, Bola, come and sit down here. Let me walk you through step one, two, three, four, and give you the exact blueprint of what I did. That is great. But the thing is that if you don't make the effort, if you're not doing the research, if you're not doing the hustle, I can give you Tara, $60,000 on a platter of gold <laughs> and you will take that money and you will not put a dime to your debt and you will blow it to the sky because you haven't set the intention. Exactly. You haven't put in the effort. You haven't done the hustle. You, you just, you have to be in it and you have to be willing to find what you can relate to. And even if you can't relate, take what you can from me, from Tara's story, throw the rest away and then find the next thing to help you stay motivated. So I love what you talked about finding people go online. And 10 years ago, there was not a lot of anything, especially when you think about women of color, women that look like us. I talk about a lot um, coming out of college and buying that book that I love so much on um, Smart Women Finish Rich, the number one best-selling book, New York Times bestseller, Personal Finance for Women. It was written by a white man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, you know, okay, fine. I don't know what this guy's talking about here. Throw that away. But I like this part. Keep that part. Oh, this part. No, 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 guy. You didn't get that right. Throw that away. But this part, yes, I'm going to keep that part. So you keep what's relevant to you and throw the rest away. And I love that. Book Why? Part. Because, <laughs> because financial principles are just that they're principles. As we both know, Bola, no matter what numbers you're working with, there are just foundational financial money principles that just work. If you work the plan, it'll work for you. And we're oftentimes giving ourselves an excuse. Well, I'm not a single mother like her. Well, I'm not in a two-parent household like her. Well, I didn't grow up in New Jersey. Well, that, that, you know, we can, we can list we can list excuses on why we count ourselves out, but financial principles work the same, right? And so it's like, commit yourself to the meat. Like you said, take the meat, spit out the bones, take what works and what's relevant to you, work it, create a plan for yourself and work it and let go of the excuses. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tara, you are so amazing. Um, I appreciate you being here, but I'm not gonna let you go yet. Um, you have to tell us, what is your Clever Girl superpower? 
you know, it's funny because I was, I was thinking about this. You asked me this in the email and she was like, what is your a clever girl superpower? And I was like, hmm, I need to think about a good one. So <laughs> my... <laughs> I shouldn't have let you know I was going to ask you that question. I said yeah, you- I know. But you know, Bola is still rack. I'm still racking my brain. It's something about when you hear the word superpowers, like, hmm. But I think my clever girl superpower is, you know, little side note about me. I love thrift shopping and I especially love vintage pieces especially really nice high quality vintage dresses button-ups and blazers and so I would say my clever girl superpower is walking into a thrift store no matter what side of town it's on no matter what city what state and I will find the gems I will find the gems I guarantee you guarantee you (laughs) I love that we need a lesson I'm gonna take you up on that yes so Tara, you have an incredible platform that you talked a little bit about um, your pretty pennies, but I'd love for you to share more about where people can find you, more about what you offer and et cetera. All right. So yes, I am everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, yourprettypennies.com at yourprettypennies. That is my handle. Um, even on YouTube, you can look up your pretty pennies um, and find me. And like I said, I'm constantly creating financial content for women who want to use their income to create the lifestyle they desire. I actually created, you know, back like I was saying, Bola, I create, I hit that financial reset button all those years ago. And I created that financial plan that allowed me to pay off debt in two years. I actually created a course called the Financial Reset Online Academy that is on my website at Your Pretty Pennies, where it walks you step by step through the process, the mindset, the goal setting, the debt repayment, the savings plan, everything that I put in place in order for me to do that in such a short amount of time. Um, So that is a great resource um, for women and anybody who wants to become debt free, wants to pay off debt in a short amount of time. That is an absolute great resource. And so, yes, definitely follow me on social media. Say hi. Let me know if you're from Bola's podcast from her tribe. Let me know um, where you're from. And I can't wait to connect with any ladies who come over from your uh, your audience. I love that. And for anyone who's listening, you'll be able to find links to Tara's website and social media in the show notes. Thank you so much, Tara. I appreciate your time and opening up to share your story with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, You can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.